0: Up ahead, Watson. No one near him, and he's going to come. everybody you are listening to a new episode of Spartan Crazies with Ryan and Tim today know, we've been gone for about two weeks but today we're about to talk about uh MSU football so good surprisingly uh considering the last couple months good stuff uh and uh the then we're going to talk MSU basketball not so great but uh yeah so we're recording on Thursday night uh and uh Today, Aiden Childs finally made it official. He's coming to Michigan State. The quarterback transfer from Oregon State is following Jonathan Smith and Brian Lindgren to East Lansing. Um, obviously, I've been hoping he would come here for a while now. Uh, that was—he's the number one uh, transfer portal uh, QB according to Twenty Four Seven Sports, and. He's just... It's a big deal. Like, this is huge. Uh, they had him rated higher than players like Dante Moore. Uh, DJU, who he backed up last year at Oregon State. Uh, Lil Howard. Uh, Dylan Gabriel. Uh, Riley Leonard. I can keep on going on and on and on. But anyways, yeah. So, this is the first... Actually, the first portal commit MSU has gotten. Uh and chiles with chiles i think you're going to see a domino effect i think you're going to see some other guys commit apparently msu is looking good with uh jack belling the tight end transfer from oregon state he's visiting washington this weekend he's originally from seattle but apparently msu is with a sizable lead right now uh and if msu can get him he, he's a really good tight end. Uh he had eight touchdowns this past year. He's a great red zone threat. MSU hasn't had a tight end like that since so probably like Josiah Price. So like jeez Oh my god, 8 years ago now. Good lord. Uh So yeah, obviously big stuff. Uh Childs is like the big like news, but other stuff has happened. Uh MSU is officially retaining Cordy Hawkins. Been begging for this to happen. Glad it got done. Um, he brings familiarity to the region. He's done a good job of developing wide receivers, in my opinion. I mean, he got guys like Jalen Naylor, uh, Jaden Reed, Keon Coleman, all coached under him. They got better, uh, the whole time. Obviously Keon's going to be like a first round pick. Jaden Reed with a good quarterback last year is probably a first round pick and Jalen Naylor still in the league on the Vikings roster. So, uh, he's got a good... Uh, track record so far at MSU. Uh, I'm glad he's being retained. It sounds like uh, if you read message boards, Harlan Burnett's also going to be back as a safeties coach. I know some people aren't happy about that, but uh, I think it's a decent I- – I'm not going to get mad about it. Like, there's no – he's a safeties coach, man. I mean, it is what it is. Uh, he – you know what? He stuck it out. He he got dealt a shit hand. And he kept guys around for the most part, and recruits like him. I mean, they uh, Justin Denson loves Harlan, the incoming DB transfer. He loves Harlan Burnett. He got guys like Dylan Tatum to come here, uh, you know, Chance Rucker. So, you know, we'll see what happens. Maybe, I mean, if if the job's not getting done, Jonathan Smith is not going to keep him around. I mean, it's that simple. This is not a charity case here, and uh, Harlan's gonna have to pull his weight, and we'll see what happens, but I don't have a problem with it. That's fine with me. We'll see how he does, but uh, I know some people were upset about that, but whatever. Um, Joe Rossi from Minnesota is the new defensive coordinator. Uh, He's put 10 guys in the NFL at Minnesota since 2019, so that's pretty impressive. Um, He had top 10 defense i think in 2022 there's some i mean he's gotten torched by better teams uh sometimes but the talent level of minnesota isn't going to be what you can get at michigan state um obviously he's coaching the big 10 for like the last 10 years he's familiar honestly rossi was not my first choice but uh i think i mean all the national media members will love this guy. I mean, Ker- Herbstreit was tweeting about how great of a hire it was for MSU. Uh, Bruce Feldman said he had high marks for him. Um, I mean, people like him. Uh, but I also, people like Cap. So, <laughs> that did not work out. So, but who knows what's going to happen. I don't think it's a bad hire. I don't think it's a home run hire. I'm willing to see what happens. Uh, I think that he can do I think he. I mean, he's got a history of developing players, so that's what MSU needs right now, and he's going to have more talent here than he did in Minnesota. So, but yeah,
1: uh, let let me let me say this. Um, I'm coming from like a complete, like almost third party because I don't know that much about, especially coordinators on a different team. I don't. I barely can tell you what's going on on MSU's, but um, you know they brought in a Big Twelve defensive coordinator, and I think people like me were like, yeah, that's the conference known for defense, right? What is Big Ten? And this is like the surface-level stuff that all the commentators say. Um, What is Big Ten known for? Like slow, uh, uh, pound down your throat, football, defense, right? I mean, is that not like a Big Ten stereotype? Yeah, that's pretty true. I would say the fact that he's a Big Ten guy knows the landscape really important for me that's a number if i had to go back what went wrong last time that would have been one of the things i said and is that even part of it i don't know but i think it was honestly. i i don't think it helped that's what i would argue um so i feel good about that but then the other side of me is like minnesota hasn't had any sort of defenses I recall being so terrific they had legitimately good defenses
0: uh in 2019 and 2021 they were both they, both those defenses were really good
1: okay well I mean if sorry
0: 2022 not 2021 um I mean so two out of the last five years yeah but it's at Minnesota and they don't I mean that they, they don't recruit at the level of, like a Michigan State or even okay. Wisconsin so, like, I'm willing to see what he does
1: with more talent. Um, but I, do you at least, like, is a part of you, like, that's ah, yeah. it's a little worrying. Yeah, I, of, of course. I mean, he got torched by good
0: teams a decent amount of times. And, obviously, they played in the Big Ten West. Not exactly great offensive teams played in the Big Ten West. So, I mean, yeah, of course, that's, a, that's at least a little bit of a worry for me. Um, okay. But, I, I, I mean, honestly, there were only, like, three guys where it's like, yeah, like, I I was, like, super excited about it. They hired It was Phil Parker, and he was not coming here. Uh, Jimmy Lake and uh, DeAnton Lynn from the who wound up going to USC and is actually recruiting Jaden Walker now, and I guess I'll get into that in a little bit. But, um, like, those were the three guys where I'm, like, that were viewed as somewhat realistic that I was like, that's a home run hire if they hire him. This is, like, a solid plan B, right? Like, I don't know if he was plan B, but he's a solid, you know, second tier below the first tier. For, I'm like, that's a home run hire.
1: Okay. Yeah, I I feel like that's an optimistic take or spin on it. Um, but. Like, I'm not, like, over the moon about it. I'm not okay. saying, like, oh,
0: my gosh, this is, like, the greatest hire ever. I'm not saying that at all. I think the
1: T... I'm interested to see what he does with more talent. So, did you... Do you know... What is the connection? Like, why did he hire... Just he's a big... Probably because he's a big, big 10 10 guy. guy. Okay. Yeah.
0: I think that that was part of it. Like, he he wanted somebody... Uh, co- well, at least one coordinator that was familiar with
1: the region. Right? So, right. Okay. Well, I mean, that is fair. Right? You know... Which might be why Jimmy Lake didn't wind up here. I don't know. You'll, you'll give him that. You know, can have some experience in the area. Um... And this is like really going off the rails, but I do truly believe. I I went to school in the south, so I know that it's a totally different world down there. Some of these kids, they just couldn't live in the north. I think um, Keon Coleman was an example where he was like living abroad, and it just he it was too much. You know, you want to be warm, you want to feel like your home climate. When I was down there, I missed Midwest climate. So um, I think that like the. Getting good guys to go to cold places that aren't, you know, s- when you say Michigan, that's not, like, sexy, you know what I'm right. saying? Um, so, and you hear a lot of people, like, bring a coat, haha. <laughs> I think that getting just some guy from the North Midwest, like, that, that fits. That feels right. I don't want these splash names that are coming in on reputation. Let's get some dudes who are ready to, like, put in some work. Actually, and nothing is given. I'm not so sure that people were giving Tucker credit before it was due. But I do think that he just had this hype train going and it just kind of had a life of its own. That's a whole different
0: animal there. I
1: mean, I I like the northern Midwest um, sort of knows the landscape Not a reputation guy. It's honestly,
0: yeah, this is kind of refreshing because, I mean, Cap, I mean, he, I I don't know what's, I don't know what happened with him. Like, I was super excited about him when they hired him. Like, I heard, like, he is, he was a good recruiter. Like, I'll give him that. And I tweeted something out about Cap and uh, a certain, I think, I guess he graduated, he's not on the team anymore. A certain player was not very happy with what I tweeted uh <laughs> um, I yeah so but i mean he wound up at baylor i'm kind of going off the rails here he wound up at baylor if cap was a great coach like everybody claimed he was and i love msu's insiders they do a great job i mean we've had justin on here before he's i, I love cory i talked to him did, on a semi-regular basis like but i mean everybody was like talking about how great of a coach cap was like if he was a great coach why didn't he have a good offensive line at all at Michigan State other than 2021 when Kenneth Walker honestly bailed him out? And why did he wind up at Baylor where the coach that's the head coach there now is on the hot seat and might get fired after next season, right? Like, if he was a great coach, he would have wound up at an equal or better job at Michigan State, and he didn't. So, like, I'm kind of going on a tangent here, but, like, it, a lot, the guys on this staff – I'm not... I, I cat might have been a great... I've heard that he was a great dude. Like, I, I'm not trying to slander him, like, personally. I'm just saying he didn't live up to expectations here. Everything I've heard about this staff, they've had... They actually have results, right? At the last school they were at. Unlike the staff that came in here. Or they came from, like, the Big 12, like Scotty did. And that was an absolute disaster. Um. Th- like prime example uh coach m i'm not gonna try to pronounce his name i promise i'll get it down before the season starts but i'm not gonna try try to pronounce his last name the offensive line coach he's put dudes in the nfl and he's about to put a guy in the first round from this past year at freaking oregon state man like that's results based hype like he's done it uh jonathan Smith, he won 10 games at oregon state like, that's not, they've done that three times in their program's history. That's results based. When Mel came here, he won, he went five and seven and was billed as this amazing recruiter. And I, I mean, he did an okay job recruiting, but like, I have actual proof that this coaching staff has done it. But whereas the last one, it was like, you're basing it off. I mean, yeah, of course, we're kind of basing this off of hope now still. But at least we have results, unlike the last staff, right? So. That's what I'm excited about.
1: Can I ask you this? How many good teams did Jonathan Smith have? Was it just the one? Yeah,
0: two. Are you considering... Would you consider this past year they had a good team? They went eight and four. It's good by Oregon State standards. Yeah, I would consider Okay, so good. two.
1: Because we would sure as hell take that. Oh, yeah.
0: They they went seven and six. And that was like... Had, I think it was 21. And that kind of just set it off. And then they got better. You know. And kind of there. took a little bit of a step back this past year but not a huge one um yeah he's he's done it he's gotten it done and people are people that say oh was a losing record dude he coached at oregon state and he got left a dumpster fire at oregon state like the, the the coach they had before him literally it was gary anderson he left wisconsin because they wouldn't they have different academic standards than some of the other big 10 teams and he left wisconsin to go to oregon state because he was tired of some of the dudes he recruited not getting into school and he, it was a total and complete and utter disaster at oregon state he literally quit his job <laughs> like four weeks into the season because it was such a mess uh yeah, you probably hear the pets in the background but um yeah he he like he left him a complete and utter mess at oregon state and they they went like one eleven and five and seven or something like that and they won seven i think they went seven and six the next year they improved almost every, every single year they improved. So there's at least some results-based stuff with this new staff, which is nice. Um So yeah, I'm I'm more confident in this staff being successful coming into it than I was when Mel got hired. I mean, I was excited about Mel, obviously hindsight's 2020, 20, but uh what are you supposed to do when you Hire a new coach unless it's somebody like you're like you go into it and say, Hey, if we hired that guy, I'd be pissed off. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens. But uh, MSU also added a couple of commitments from the high school ranks. Uh, Wyatt Hook, a tight end from uh, California, uh, two was originally committed to Jonathan Smith at Oregon State, uh, committed to MSU. He was in on a visit this past week. Uh, Makai Frazier, uh, running back, kind of, he's more of an athlete, I guess he could play on the defensive side of the ball if they really wanted him to, um, Makai Frazier is, uh, also committed to MSU, a former Oregon State commit, and, uh, there is apparently going to be another commit tonight, I don't know, I, I think I do know who it is, but I'm not gonna spoil it in case it doesn't happen, so, uh, but yeah, that's supposed to happen in, like, what time is it? Another thirty minutes from now while we're recording. So maybe it happens before the episode ends. Uh we'll see. But uh yeah, so MSU's in pretty good shape right now with a couple of recruits. Uh Nick Marsh is locked in. Uh I think we I don't think that we completely knew that last time we recorded, but he cancelled uh all his Visits he had scheduled and is locked in at Michigan State and is going to sign during that early signing period. Uh, he's been recruiting Aiden Childs to Michigan State, uh, and uh, obviously he wants to play with him because Nick Marsh is very good at football, and apparently Aiden Childs is also very good at football. So, <laughs> yeah, you'd think they want to play with each other. But uh, also, uh, some more news, uh, Brady Pretzlaff from... He's from Gaylord, shout out Northern Michigan. Uh he was committed to Minnesota. Um while and Joe Rossi, he actually visited Michigan State this past weekend before MSU uh had officially hired Rossi. They've hired him on Sunday afternoon. Um and uh so going into the visit, Pretzlaff had no idea that Rossi was gonna be the next head coach at MSU. And uh, what do you know? He's hired as Michigan State's next head coach. Pretzlaff quickly decommits from Minnesota. All signs point to him winding up at Michigan State. And uh, he said he's committing December 20th. So that would be about a week from today. Um, so, uh, yeah. Uh, MSU's looking pretty primed for some weight flip candidates and getting some guys uh Daniel Kalen from Nebraska uh, apparently might flip to MSU. He's supposed to visit this weekend. Uh, Nebraska is bringing in uh, Dylan Raiola, apparently. He's going to flip from Georgia to Nebraska. Five-star kid, one of the top players in the country. Uh, his dad played at Nebraska, and his, his uh, uncle is actually the offensive line coach. So... uh yeah, if MSU can flip Kalen, he's a high. I think he's a high three-star recruit. Um, that'd be a solid late add to the class. It's going to be uh, either him uh, or Tyler Cherry. Apparently, they're talking about bringing in. Uh, I'm going to botch this dude's name. I uh, mean, uh, it's Alessio Mil. Oh my gosh. I need to look this up. One second. I'm going to botch this dude's name so bad. Uh, Alessio Milvoyevich, I think is his name. I've heard his name pronounced. I think I got that right. Uh, he's committed to Ball State. Uh, he's apparently going to get a huge bump in the recruiting rankings. Uh, and MSU offered him last week. Uh, the, apparently, the plan is to take two quarterbacks in this class. So I would bet on him. Being in this class, I think he's going to wind up flipping. I mean, he's committed to Ball State, and MSU offered him. Seems like a logical decision, but what do I know? Uh he's probably going to be in the class, and either Daniel Kalen or Tyler Cherry, who is currently committed to Duke. We actually had this. This came up literally like right before we recorded. Uh, he he's been he was committed to Duke under Mike Elko. Uh, Elko did not bring Kevin Johns, the offensive coordinator, with him, and. Uh, he wound up, uh, Kevin Johns is not going to be retained by Manny Diaz at Duke. So, the offensive coordinator that he had at Duke is gone now officially. And he's committed there. I don't think he's going to wind up at Duke. So, Indiana, where he's from, <laughs> IU. So yeah, he's Down to IU and Michigan State more than likely. Now that Kevin Johns is out at Duke, he's not going to be the offensive coordinator there. Uh, Cherry is from Indiana. Apparently, his parents went to IU, and I think his uncle or something played at IU. So, he got familiarity there, um, and he was uh, – they just uh, – IU just hired a new coach, too, Kurt Signetti from uh, JMU, uh, and I've heard nothing but good things about him. Only I, – I would – kind of going on a tangent here i wouldn't have mind signetti being the next msu head coach but he's 62 so that that was a no-go for me anyways um tyler cherry uh i think i don't think he's been here for a visit yet um i think he's supposed to come this weekend i'm like, not totally sure but uh yeah it's gonna be it million uh, damn it what's this dude's name again Mil- <laughs> M- 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 Voyevitch is probably going to be in this class and one of uh Kalen and uh Cherry will be the second quarterback is my guess I think that's a fair assumption at this point so uh yeah they're going to take two quarterbacks I think that's obviously the right decision because you don't have a single well actually you have one now you have one scholarship uh scholarship quarterback on the roster now Aiden Childs is officially committed to Michigan State he's coming uh, but after that, you don't have a single um, scholarship guy on the roster. So, yes, taking two quarterbacks is the correct decision. Usually I'm not a big take-two-quarterbacks guy in a recruiting class, but this time I'm making an exception for it. Absolutely, you bring in two quarterbacks. Um, but, yeah, so we'll see. I don't know what they're going to do for another QB. I, they're going to have to bring in another quarterback in the in the portal. The problem is the guy's going to have to come in – basically accept that he's going to be the backup so we'll see i i don't know maybe they bring a guy in after the spring uh semester and uh he transfers this dude that knows he's going to be a backup and he's cool with it uh but they need bodies so uh yeah those are that's the quarterback recruiting that's going on uh brandon Tolis, running back from texas hint, hint wink wink um Uh, he was here for a visit I think this past weekend Uh, that one's looking good Uh, I think Rustin Young from Hawaii the the highest rated recruit that was in Oregon State's class he he decommitted already he's coming for an official I think this weekend Uh, he's like a top 250 player in the country so kind of a big uh, jump to come from Hawaii to Michigan State but I mean MSU does have a history with Polynesian players, so, uh, you know, that's definitely a positive, and Coach M said that he wanted to make that a pipeline again, so that would be a step in the correct direction, uh, if they can get Rustin Young in this class. Uh, yeah, that's pretty much most of the football stuff, and also, I said this on Twitter, but I want to thank Mel Tucker for being a horny dumbass, because you may have saved Michigan State football by doing that. So really appreciate it. Uh, Thanks, Mel. Uh, I hate you, but thank you for
1: doing that because you probably saved a lot of my happiness. So, so so strange. It's going to be just like this weird, funny, you know, thing we bring up in 10 years, like the Mel Tucker little snippet.
0: You know, know, it's crazy because I said this – think of yesterday it might have been today i can't remember like i was so bought in on mel tucker after the 2021 season like i think most people were um they turned out to be just a complete fraud it's like crazy to me that they they came crashing down that fast i mean it went from going 11 and 2 to not making a bowl game for two straight years like that's just wild uh I don't know, man. I'm excited. I'm ready for this. I'm already excited for football now. Like, it's – part of it's the basketball team, which we're going to get – which we're unfortunately about to get into. Playing like shit, but, like, I'm legitimately, like, excited. to uh, to Spartan Stadium for football games this fall? Like, obviously I'm excited every year, but this year it's just – because we didn't get to see Mel Tucker – like, they didn't – COVID happened, so you couldn't – the first year Mel Tucker was here – Fans weren't allowed to go to games. Like this is the first time that since I've had tickets that I am going to see your first year head coach. And I'm kind of excited about that. It's like something new. So Yeah. Um, pretty Well,
1: I mean it's feels great to feel optimistic, right? Right.
0: Now I have hope. Like I I I am I have not said at all that this is gonna work out. Who the hell knows what's gonna happen, right? Like I don't know. But They do have guys on the staff, like I've said, that have proven it at Oregon State. They've got a guy who has produced, and I'm not saying Joe Rossi is like this grand slam hire, but he has proof that he has developed players at Minnesota. He put in 10 dudes in the NFL at freaking Minnesota. Like, I'm sorry, that's impressive. Uh, I don't know, like, how his defenses are going to do here, but he's going to have more talent to work with. So, yeah, I mean, uh, I'm happy that he's keeping Courtney Hawkins on. I think that is a... Great decision. Uh, so far I don't really have many complaints about the staff that he's brought. So we'll see what happens, but, very optimistic, honestly. So,
1: let me ask you something. Um, pets have been going at it tonight. They decided this was the day. Uh, can I ask how much of your optimism is centered around the commitment of Aiden Childs? I think that's a big deal. I. I mean,
0: if you've got a good quarterback, you're going to win seven games, right? Like, probably. If you have a very good quarterback, you're pretty much promised to win seven games. I I don't know, but I I need to see the offensive line, right? Like, you can only do so much if your offensive line sucks. So, I need to see what the offensive line looks like this fall. I I don't know what the hell it's going to look like. So, I I I, I am extremely excited to watch Andy Giles play this
1: fall. No question about it. Well, it's interesting because... No question, that's the starting quarterback. Yeah, like of oh, course, yeah. unless, is just, unless something
0: crazy. Unless, happens.
1: No, unless like he gets hurt or something, or like, injury, or if
0: some somehow uh, one of the incoming quarterbacks is like Joe Montana or something, <laughs> right. which is not going to happen. Right?
1: Yeah, just he's the starting quarterback. We know it. Everyone's expecting that, and so it's going to be like that. It's going to be his team. Yeah, and there's not going to be a lot of he's, questions about. He's that. already been in the
0: system. He's got a year in. He doesn't have to learn anything new. He's already he, – he can hit the ground running and go.
1: We just watched the whole season. There, whose team was that? <laughs> there was nobody. <laughs> no one. You can't give me a good answer. And that just was silly. It was ridiculous and embarrassing. And, um, you know, I, obviously the Mel Tucker thing caused the whole downslide. But, I mean, that – at least there's a, a face of the team for – for now. And there could hopefully be some more developments. But, they, I mean, they,
0: they're they off to a good start. I mean, they've retained guys from the portal. Darius Snow's coming back. I mean, I don't know if he's ever going to be the same player he was, but that's at least a good voice to have in your locker room, mm-hmm. good leader. I mean, Ethan Boyd coming back, huge. I, I I, said from the beginning when he hit the portal, I want that guy back. And he's a low, he's from East Lansing. I mean, they, sh- I'm, they should have been able to keep him, and they did. They got that done they uh they, Brandon Baldwin he's coming back I mean he's not great but that's a they need bodies on the offensive line so I'm glad he's coming back uh who else said they're leaving the portal I can't Jordan Hall said he's not gonna enter the portal that is massive that's huge that's like the guy for your defense for like the next three years that's a huge deal Jonathan not, Kim Jonathan Kim that was the greatest sources of all time by the way the I don't know if you saw his tweet. Oh. <laughs> he, he he screenshotted uh, him texting Coach Smith. He's like, I'm locked in here and he said, love to hear it. And it's like I'm back. And I was like, you know what? Let's go. That's sweet. I love that.
1: No you know, no confusion on that one. <laughs>
0: that was great. I love that.
1: I'd um, like to claim that I totally called it. He was gonna be good from that first game. I don't know, he had like one kick that was fifty 50- Dude, he's gonna he's gonna be an NFL kicker. I'm telling you, he will find a spot somewhere. Yeah, in NFL. I know you're telling me because I was the one who told you that. That is true. you <laughs> said really good, but yeah, he's gonna wind up. He's gonna wind up in an NFL. I'm gonna that. like flaunt the the part the fact that I played kicker just barely, <laughs> you know, just showed up for the games. But I'm gonna hold on to that because at least I have something. Um, all right, one more thing about um football. What is it that you know you and I have talked about this multiple times? You we should be hoping for a bowl game, right? Um I mean like what are the real what's the realistic expectation here for Aiden Childs? Oh, I mean, for Aiden Childs. Well, Aiden Childs and the MSU Spartans because but, he's going to be for this year, guy. for this yeah, year, this coming year.
0: I want I want him to I mean just not make mistakes uh Show promise. I mean, dude's got a cannon of an arm, man. He there's a there. If you watch the highlight reel that Justin put on Twitter, it was there's a play where he throws the ball sixty yards on a freaking rope to a guy. I mean, the dude is uber talented. He was rated the number one uh, QB transfer portal guy for a reason. He's legit. Um, I need to see what the roster looks like to be honest with you before I give you that. I think a bowl though, like regardless of who they bring. Unless it's, like, you know, a bunch of D3 dudes. I think making a bowl is more than fair. I mean, you look at the schedule. Uh, Other than Ohio State, every single home game they have is a more than winnable game, honestly. Like, I know they get Iowa at home, but... Dude, most of the time, if Michigan State is competent in a season, they'll beat Iowa at home, right? (laughs) That's the honest truth. If, if, If Iowa's on the schedule at home and MSU is competent, they win that game. So... I mean, I'm not expecting them to, like, compete for the Big Ten. And I want to be competitive in the big games. I don't, want to, I don't want to see us get the shit kicked out of us. Like I said last time, it was, like, what, 170 to 10 or some crazy shit against the top ten teams they played? Yeah. None of that ever again. Like, ever. I never want to see that again.
1: I want to be competitive in those games. Yeah. Cautiously optimistic, you know. Like, I'm
0: not saying – I don't know what's going to – like I said, don't know what's going to happen, but – what am I supposed to do? Like, be like, I, I, I'm ex. I've been legitimately excited about Jonathan Smith since he was hired. Before he was hired, I, I had him as a top three candidate the entire time. You can't say that I'm just. No. Like,
1: yeah. Yeah. I've so had things a are going well. Yes. Things are going well for Ryan. Right. I okay. can't complain. No, you, you sure cannot. Um Should we switch gears? Unfortunately, we probably should, shouldn't we? All right. Um, wow. There's so much to talk about because Ryan and I, unfortunately, we kind of had some scheduling errors or we couldn't make it work last week. I actually couldn't watch the Wisconsin game live. Um, unfortunately, I did. And, uh, you know, I was insane. I still am crazy busy. But here's here's the thing. Everyone knows what happened. Wisconsin, Nebraska, pretty much the identical way of losing, except Wisconsin was a much more like embarrassing uh, defeat in terms of how it looked, uh, aesthetics, and then it was at home. Um, there's a stretch, you know, maybe five to eight minutes at the end of the game against Wisconsin where Michigan State literally does not score. And that's your, that's your ball game. And on the other side of the ball, Wisconsin's literally getting every offensive rebound. Now, when that was happening, MSU had gone small, and Malik Hall was just getting bullied by the bigger um, Wall and uh, what's Crowl? Crowl, by the way, Crowl hitting every single three pointer. Uh, cherry on top, but Hall. I mean, it's not Hall's fault that he can't out rebound those two. He's not really getting a ton of help. Colin Carr, um, if we're co- we're just being honest here, he doesn't have the the college Big Ten level savvy of boxing out these guys who have been doing it for years. He just hasn't learned the tricks yet. We're still in December of his freshman year. He's just getting it wrong. He he's not a great cutout as Izzo calls it. Um, they're not effective. These guys are just kind of skipping around his body. And so Cohen leans back and he's leaning against air. He's his box outs aren't effective. He hasn't figured it out. Could be partly due to the fact that you know, this is everyone's big at this level. Um so the the rebounding, pathetic, the offense disgusting. We knew it was a problem coming into this game, but it really is the issue. Um, we're really lacking a a shooting threat. Um, now, since then, Malik Hall. Actually, I tweeted during the Nebraska game. I thought that his his jumper, the little, I don't know, action at the end. It's like flingy. That made it look terrible, and like every shot was luck. If it if it went in, that was gone against Nebraska. And what do you have? Like twenty something points. Yeah, yeah. He was shooting the ball. I noticed right away it looked cleaner. And I was like, well, I hope this lasts all game. And it did. And he had a great game. That's a big development if that remains. Um, but Malik Hall, I mean, he's just like pump faking it. Nobody's buying it and passing off around their perimeter. Doesn't want to shoot. Everything's becoming compact. A.J. Hogard, not really a shooting threat. They're letting him shoot. If he hits them, okay. He has been hitting a few. And I ha- I hope... That it's that he starts and keeps doing that, um, but you know, based on AJ Hogard's career here, I'm just not counting on it. And any, I'm sorry, but any mid range that is not Jaden Aikens or um, Walker. Tyson Walker at this point, please don't do it. Except for one or two actually, and they're both freshmen i let Jeremy Fears, he's been hitting them, and he only takes them when I think it's a good shot. It's not like the end of the shot clock type thing. Um, And Cohen Carr. Now, I swear to God, I watched the Wisconsin game on replay, and I was just kind of like thinking about what is wrong with this team, other than the obvious. Um, You know that I hyped up Cohen Carr all preseason. He's kind of like a deer in the headlights out there right now. But – All the issues with him right now, I think, are the exact things that you could call fixable, especially with more playtime. And again, we're December of his freshman year. Now, how many games? Like nine games in now, they're kind of, it's not just, you know, can't make the excuse forever. But um, he's starting to play more and more, especially in that small ball lineup. Um, We talked about it. It's not like he couldn't shoot. I think people are just writing off his shooting entirely. How many jump shots has Cohen Carr even taken? I think two, maybe. He had one of them. On Ken Palm, it says he's taken zero threes, which I feel like he... That's correct. He is not so it man. was like a preseason game that he did take a three. Um, and so we don't... I'd, I'd have to go... I think, he's shot. I think he's shot in two. And he no. One. No. In the last two games, he, both, he's taken a mid-range jumper, and he hit both of them, oh. and they were clean. I, and he's getting them off easily because he's an incredible athlete. He's like six seven. It, in and, my defense, I did not watch the Nebraska game. Okay, yeah, we're going to talk a little bit more about Nebraska. But, um, Cohen Carr out there, it's obvious, Is always said, you're not, like, allowed to shoot right now. And then when he's playing next to a Mahdi or a Carson Cooper... That's two of the people on the team of the five by, by default that straight up aren't shooting the ball. So that lets defenses collapse even more and more. They're just like getting the ball, passing around the perimeter. It's so ridiculously predictable and not good basketball. Um, these kids are kind of restrained right now, honestly. And that could be the Izzo effect. Um, I think that Co- uh, he needs to let Cohen Carr actually shoot the ball. Is it going to be so much worse than how they've been shooting the three this season? Overall, the people that are all getting to shoot Ryan nine games in are under thirty percent. That's I mean Tyson Walker is mysteriously um, you know struggling, but there was one where uh, I think they called a bad screen on Madi and walker goes around the screen hits the shot swish but it didn't count because it was going the other way i think it's really in his head i think he tightens up um i bet you he hits all of the shots in practice all the shots in warm-up but now that he's been struggling and you know they're kind of relying on him i think he's been it's in his head some of these open threes that a player like tyson walker you think may, would make every time it's like he's missing all of those um So anyway, you know, you're watching Wisconsin, really pathetic performance. You're thinking, well, you got to win the Nebraska game. Absolutely have to win this game. Um, It was a close game, pretty much start to finish. Nebraska was kind of just flinging up some threes, and things were dropping. You know, there was like a circus shot, bank shot, and you're just going, okay, so it's that kind of night, huh? Uh, Keisei Tominaga comes around a screen. I think it's Aikens, maybe. His hand is in his face. It could not have been better defended. Just freaking flings this thing up. It wasn't even a shot. He just, whoop, and swish. I mean, unreal. And you're thinking, okay, this is what's going to happen, huh? But no, MSU goes on their little... I don't know, five-minute doesn't score near the end of the game because they're taking Trey Holloman twos, uh, A.J. Hogard twos. A.J. gets a little hot and just starts, like, chugging. Just, yeah, uh, well, just steamrolling. Um, everybody collapses. It, he's a very easy player to defend. Um, and so you start to think, what's happening? The only times MSU has won the four games – They weren't competitive, really. Butler was kind of competitive for a while. Ended up an over-20-point game. All of the games they lost, unless, like, if you want to say Wisconsin wasn't really close, um, then I'll give you that. They could have won every single one of those games and just can't close out. They can't win a close game. They
0: came back in the Wisconsin game. They were down by three. Yeah,
1: and then went on, uh, like, five-minute, literally didn't score a single point. Now... Why are they struggling to win close games? They lost to James Madison at Breslin in overtime. You should not be losing to James Madison at Breslin in overtime. You just shouldn't. Not if you're a serious team. Why are they losing close games? Why can they not win one single close game? What's happening? Why do they go on these long scoring droughts? Listen, people don't want to point fingers, but... There really is one position that's supposed to see this kind of thing out. That's what they do. They they manage the game. If you can't close out, you can't win a close game, you're not doing a good job as a point guard. Um, AJ Hogard, listen, he's four-year point guard. He's going to be a big part of this team, but... I haven't seen anything this season and in the 4 years to make me think this is just going to change somewhere halfway along the way. Is it going to be lights out like hidden big jumpers? No. Unless everything's going to change from reality um truth is like I think the maximum potential of this team is if you were to just have Jeremy Fear start today and run it out for the rest of the season. I think that would be the best version of Michigan State in the end. But I don't think that we're going to see that. Um, I'm concerned about Hogard. Another big part of this team struggling somehow. Mati Sissoko has taken a step back. Um, And it's not like he was really far ahead (laughs) already. But he's really been miserable. It's... It's like he's like forgotten everything he's learned. He does he's like lost. Um, if you recall, Kansas State, they had to take Mādi out. He couldn't play in that game. I just wanna know what he the, was a liability. That's what we've been seeing all season from him.
0: What the hell happened? Where he had those two games against Gonzaga and Kentucky. He looked like he was an all American. Well it's really like, what simple. the hell? It's like,
1: really, really simple, Ryan. Those were, like, two of the first games of the season. I know he had been scouted. Yeah. yeah I get that, but still, like, that's crazy to me. They like, just put just... him on the scouting report, and, you know, like, maybe that changes. Maybe he's really in a, a slump. He's been shooting his, his free throws decently, but it's bad. I mean, it looks like he's a freshman, to be honest. And you can't put him on the four offensively. It's that bad at this point. And he's like fumbling everything he's got yeah he's rebounding he's not like really doing a great job of that um and then Carson cooper listen, he doesn't have as much of you know we can't get on him as much as Mahdi, but i don't think you know now that we're getting the big ten play, I think you're saying like that big, huge jump that we all were hoping when we saw them play Hillsdale College. I think that that was maybe a little too optimistic. He's got a long way to go. And guess what? Neither of them can score at all in the post. It's... Tom Izzo has two soccer players playing his front court. And we're wondering why they aren't good. Well, they haven't had a, a good big since Tillman left. Truth truth be told. A good big I mean, like
0: We're not counting Joey Hauser as a big,
1: right? Just... Uh, he was playing around the perimeter, but I'm talking about like a center. Okay. Um, That's an issue. Uh, How does that get fixed? I mean, Jackson Kohler will be back. I really strongly suggest people take the same caution with what we're seeing from Cooper. Jackson Kohler, I think, could definitely put in an offensive punch. But I wouldn't expect to see significant gains over what we saw last season, especially with now he's coming in late after an injury. He's gonna, not going to be engaged. He's at a disadvantage already. Um, and if I'm wrong, listen, the, it is real that Jackson Kohler can stretch the floor. That's a, that's a fact. I have said it a hundred times. I think he has a great jumper. Um, yeah, if he if he came in and he just became a problem, was just draining threes, that could definitely change the team. But defensively, rebounding... Some of these Big Ten bigs, I just uh, – I still don't see how Jackson's just going to change that all of a sudden. And I hope to God I'm wrong and he's just a, a spark plug for this team. But right now, they've got an injured big and two soccer players playing the centers. And it's not good at all. It's like really bad. I mean, what was the guy on Nebraska? Mance? Rick right, 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 Mast. Mast? Rink-mast. The dude transferred in from... Southern Illinois. Southern Illinois. He did... No, Bradley. Bradley, sorry. He did absolute work on Michigan State's
0: bigs. I knew that guy was good. I watched some Bradley last year. I knew he was legitimately decent.
1: But it was embarrassing. Yeah,
0: that can't happen.
1: Could have easily scored on literally every possession when he got it down low. And uh, if he missed, it was just because of him. He just missed a shot. Um, that's – they can't control the front court. The Guess where the rim is, Ryan? It's in the front court. That's a really important part of basketball. And the whole – one of the best backcourts in the country – Should not be saying that right now. And you have never heard me say that. You literally haven't, I promise you. Because those words have never came out of my mouth in a sincere way. Because um, I've never felt that way. I felt like that team has, that backcourt has a lot to prove. A lot to prove. We've seen some really good MSU teams with a lot of wins, hanging banners, um, that were probably better than these guys. And we weren't going around saying best backcourt in the country. I don't really understand it um tyson walker is sensational but guess what he gets kind of abused on the defensive end bigger guards they go at walker and yeah he gets swipes he might get a foul here and there um but he really can't stop these bigger guys and i've seen it over and over and over like that's a thing um jay nakins i think he's a great defender aj hogar pretty good defender um but you've got your senior point guard, something's wrong. He can't win a close game. You know what Cassius Winston was the master of? All of these. He just found a way to win. He was the guy who stirred the drink. And he, his team usually came out victorious. Um, Hogard, he's got, to, he's got to turn around fast because he's losing every close game they're in. Can't seem to actually close one out. And that's a humongous issue as a four-year starting point guard um, at Michigan State. That, you, that's supposed to be Tom Izzo's thing. And this is bad. Starting center, no matter what. I mean, there will be games where I think Carson Cooper will look good still. But no matter what, starting center, underwhelming. Those are the pillars of your basketball team. And in between... You've got some dudes, but where does it all fit? Um, right here. Jeremy Fears, Tyson Walker, Jaden Akins, Malik Hall, one of the bigs. At this point, it kind of doesn't seem to matter. And you've got to play tons of Cohen Carr. And now we've got to talk about Xavier Booker. Been a large topic of conversation. There was, like, transfer speculation. Um he hasn't even been playing, not even a minute. There was a I mean, it doesn't surprise me though. What what was the game um before they started the stretch? The feel good game. I can't remember. I remember. Georgia Southern. He had a play in Georgia Southern where the guy basically just kind of dribbled right by him and Booker literally like got out of the way. Like if there was a lane, a hallway to the basket, he was like, oh, excuse me, sir. And like moved out of the way. And the guy just ran ridiculously comedically uncontested and just yammed it. This is a McDonald's All-American 6'11 guy against like a 6'5 guy. How on earth is a 6'5 guy just running right by you? without you even, like, being able... You can't even, like, reach him, you're so far, and just dunking on you. I mean, think about it. That shouldn't be happening. Uh, McDonald's All-American, you think, would let him go up and try and then swat it and laugh in his face. This was Georgia Southern. How is this happening? Um, I think there's a, a strength issue... I don't think he's really ready to be playing, you know, serious minutes in terms of strength and conditioning. Um, Today, there was a press conference. Izzo said that Booker told him he's upset at himself that he hasn't been, like, strength training, you know, for the past few years. Imagine if he had. That's the difference, for real, between him and a Jaron Jackson. Maybe Jaron Jackson's just also better, but... Jordan Jackson came in, he was just ready. Like, he had these tree trunks. They were sneaky, but they were there. He could lock himself down in place. Nobody could really move him off his spot. Um, strength also gives you um, confidence and helps you be good at athletics. Go figure. Um, so, I mean, I don't know. Like, is that something that's going to change in the course of a season? I wouldn't hold your breath. Um, I do think that Xavier Booker should play, though. I agree. I think he can, for real, stretch the floor. And I think that there's a world where a guy who looks so lost might benefit from getting to actually figure it out the, out on the court. Um, but who is he supplanting? Can he play at five? Probably
0: not. Not against Big Ten. Boys. It
1: would just strictly be matchup based. Is those waiting for a certain combination on the floor and it goes Go 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 you know? Like that's what I'm thinking. Um or in this stretch before Big Ten play resumes. That's it. And I really I do think of course you're gonna see um Xavier Booker against Oakland, Stony Brook, Indiana State. Well maybe not. If if we're losing Indiana State, we'll get there, but um, I don't think that's going to change anytime soon. Cohen Carr, he needs to play way more. He needs to shoot. Because I think that there's a world where he can shoot above 30%. And that would be increasing the average of the team. So, and his jumper doesn't even look that bad. And when you let kids shoot and they can actually score, they start to get that little pep in their step. And they start to feel confident, and that just compounds. And I think it's just a, it's just a ticking bomb for Cohen Carr before it all starts to become, you know, slow down for him. I, I think that's a humongous key here, and you saw him pair up with Malik Hall a lot, except they lost to Nebraska doing that. They could not out rebound uh the bigs they are still at a disadvantage there and um defensively i don't think they're that great carson cooper can't really do anything on the offensive end but he's a really big body that stands in front of the the basket and i think that's effective um i think it really is a lot more effective than people give credit for because a lot of drives are bothered by his size. You know, they can literally not see it. So they're just chucking something up towards the basket. It's, it's brought up a lot of topics of conversation, Ryan. A couple of them being Izzo should retire. I've never heard that ever before. <laughs> no one has ever th- said that before. So this must be special. Um that they're not going to make the tournament. I
0: mean, if they don't win, if they don't win Saturday, they're kind of in trouble in that regard.
1: Saturday would be big for their resume, um, and we are definitely going to talk about the game. But um, yeah, that would I think be like a turning point for this the season because it gives you hope for sure. That hey, maybe this team's not that bad. It also. Is a very big win on the on the uh, resume because what is let's look up what is Baylor in the net? Usually, they're going to be top ten probably, based on who they beat. Um, Baylor's, hey, I called it fifth in the net. So, I mean. There's only Q1 wins. I don't think you get super Q1 wins. But when it comes down to if you're going to be in or out of the tournament, that is something that matters. Like, if if they're on the bubble, this is a huge, huge feather in your cap. It just weighs your cap all the way down. (laughs) Um, So, (laughs) let's finish on Nebraska. Um, Really couldn't get a lot of stops. This was the first real road game of the, the season, right? Yeah. Didn't look convincing. Easily could have won the game. A lot of uncertainty. Vibes are bad. Um, And I want to bring up one last thing and then we can talk about Baylor. Ryan, let me ask you. <laughs> what was my prediction for the start of this basketball season? You said that it would start off slow. Whoa. But I specifically used the word disappointing. And that hurts to like think that the preseason Michigan State that was going to save us from football is disappointing. Um, and it became true. I didn't mean this disappointing. Four and five, what the hell? No, but there was a reason I thought this was going to happen. I watched a lot of the bad games from last season. I told you this. They were going into these scoring droughts where they couldn't do anything. Nobody could do a thing. it was disgusting. And then they would just like run a set or two for Joey Hauser, who's six, nine, and can always get his shot off. And he would swish, and they would kind of be saved and get a little juice. Yeah, Joey Hauser saved them offensively from a lot of droughts. That is a real thing. Um, and they are missing something that can give that punch right now, someone. Um, Another one of the reasons I thought they were going to be bad was that we were just going to see that team, but without Joey Hauser, and that I didn't feel great about that. Not like top five in the country, we're going to win a Natty great, but the reason that I thought that they would be good in the end was strictly because some of these new guys have to, like, start and be in a role. Not start, but play a big role. I... Did literally predict, maybe not on the pod, but for sure, that before the season ended, um, Carr would be a starter. It's looking not great now because of Malik Hall is a really important part, and I don't know how you fit Carr in unless there's a um, an injury. But I think he's going to be a big part of the team going forward. I think it ha- he has to be. He has so much potential. He's only going to grow. Um, and... Another really important thing here, Ryan, is, in my estimation, there's only two elite skill sets on MSU basketball. It's Tyson Walker as a bucket getter, essentially, and Cohen Carr's athleticism. Can you give me another one? Like, that is truly elite. No. Nope. Not a single certain person. Maybe Jackson Kohler's, like, post-footwork like, Which is very specific. I don't know if that counts. No. Um, that's it. Yeah. If you want to find a way to win games and you can't win any of the close ones, maybe play to your strengths. Now, he has been, to be fair. He's been putting Carr in. But you can't just have Carr out there playing as a mannequin, handing the ball off left and right. You got to take a little bit of those restraints off of him. And I know I'm talking to a guy who is way more talking about... Yeah. Hey, Izzo, listening in. I'm talking about Izzo, who has way more experience. He's probably gone through this exact scenario in five different ways with five different players each, and he knows exactly how it's going to go, but he's just, like, licking his wounds right now. Sure, maybe he's a mastermind like that. But I can just tell the way that Cohen Carr was in Moneyball the way he was in preseason, looser. That's the term right there. Cohen Carr, looser. He's very, well, he's wound up tight right now. Those last two games, him getting that shot and making both of them, I really do think we are on the brink of a Cohen Car three. I think it's coming. And if he's able to loosen up and he becomes somebody that they can't literally not mark, because you got Hogart out there, Colin Carr out there, and like Madi Sissoko. They don't have to guard anyone except for the two guys. Why can't they get a shot off, Ryan? All well, that's pretty easy. Everyone knows those are the two guys that can shoot. That's such a stupid basketball team. They have to let this kid, who I think can shoot better than 30%, I think they have to let him start shooting. And then things are going to start to change. You're going to start to see differences. They're going to have to change their scouting report. Um, They're going to have to defend a little differently. And then that's going to start to open up for other players. And right now, um, I'm not feeling good, Ryan. But truth be told, I I do think that this team is about to swing up. I don't know about Baylor. That's not what I'm talking about. I think the whole, like, it's doom and gloom season is over. And I'm telling you right now, I, I predicted they were going to be bad to start the season. I, I'm going to hold to my prediction that it's not going to last because um, it's been, like, worst case scenario. I mean, every single team they've lost to, it's a Q1 loss. I mean, they could have beaten Arizona, who might be, like, the best team in the country. They could have beaten them. They they were up. <laughs> and they couldn't close out a close game. They just couldn't close. Now, is that going to change? I don't know. But they got to figure something out. And I think I would like to put my hope into a Hall of Fame coach that he's going to be able to figure out a team with these guys, with this experience, with this, you know, new talent. He's going to be able to figure out a way for them to play better than this. And if they're playing better than this, I think they're going to be pretty good. We obviously you should have thrown the top five team thing out long ago. Can this team make the second weekend, which gives them a chance to go to the final four, Ryan? I don't know, I I think some people right now it. are like, "What? They're I'm not, not feeling great about it. They're, like, they'd be lucky to make the tournament. I do right now think that tournament like chan- like chances they make it, it it's not great. And that leads us into the Baylor game. Um, we talked about how big of a win it would be. Number five on um, on the net. They are 14th on Torvik, which I find interesting. By the way, Michigan State stills 22nd on Torvik. That's crazy. Sometimes there's teams that are falling off a cliff and then you look at the metrics and it's not that bad and you're like, what's going on? And a lot of the time... Not every time. A lot of the time, the numbers end up having the last laugh. Okay? That's a part of the reason I'm feeling better. Now, Ken Palm, on the other hand, has Michigan State drop to 34. But, you know, James Madison, 70th in Ken Palm. Um, best win right now is Butler. Arizona's number two on Ken Palm. And there's a big game coming up. They play Purdue, right? Yeah, yeah they do. We have to up. be cheering like crazy. For Arizona to win win that. um, I mean, it doesn't really impact MSU's resume much anymore. um, But, like, if Arizona can play with Purdue, then I think Michigan State can play with Purdue. And that's all I need to know. Because if if they're going to play Purdue at Mackey and lose by 30, like, yeah, this team might actually not make the tournament. If that's the actual team we're we're seeing here. Baylor, how much have you watched of them?
0: Decent amount. I watched, I bet on them in the Florida game and I won money on it. Uh I you I watched think? them in the Arizona game. I, uh, sorry, they didn't play Arizona. I, I meant, I uh, meant the Auburn game. I watched that game. Uh, I was impressed. I mean, they've got, it's a typical Baylor team. They've got really athletic bigs. Um, <clears throat> Ray J. Dennis is a guy that's, been really good. I watched a lot of him in Toledo last year, and uh, he always impressed me. Uh, They're very, very good. Uh, Definitely like a Final Four type team, in my opinion. Uh, I am... uh, I think we're going to struggle in the post against these guys. Uh, It's not going to be... It's going to be tough guarding them in the post, honestly.
1: Yeah, so I think the really easy reduction of this uh, Baylor team. This team is... I think they might be better than Arizona on offense. And Arizona was a pretty good offensive team. They're rated number two on Ken Palm. They're the number one three-point shooting team in the country. That's not good. <laughs> because everybody on their team is, like, lights out right now. 46% as a team. Um, That's... Right... I'll tell you this right now. If Baylor comes out and they hit like their first couple of threes, and Michigan State misses their first couple, it's, Michigan State's not winning it's the gonna game. It's going to be a long day. They're 100% not going to win. That is a big part of this game. Can they slow them them down there? And then MSU's actually been ticking up. Their shooting is starting to improve. Also, Can please- they hit some shots finally? In LCA, can we please hit some shots in Little Caesars? Don't let Baylor get off to
0: like some crazy big lead to start the game too. If that well, yeah, yeah,
1: I mean, but that, that if that, that hand, hap- in hand with the three, yes, kind of thing. you know, if that happens, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah, but that's a huge play here. I mean, this team is when, when I watch them play, Ryan, because I watch a, a lot of MSU mm-hmm. basketball, I'm like, whoa, looks like a lot of NBA type players on that team. I mean, big, athletic, talented, savvy. I mean, everything is like, whoa, how could we possibly beat this team? Another thing that we have to mention, Scott Drew hasn't been pretty the two times that Michigan State has played Scott Drew. It's, it's honestly been terrible. <laughs> and both, to my recollection, were on neutral courts. Um, I might be missing some a game in here. Am I? Did they play any other games? I think they. I would have to look that up. I think
0: They played them. They played them in like a. They played. Didn't they play them in the uh,
1: Bahamas? Yeah, I'm ago? talking about that one. Yeah, yeah, and they. It was the third game in three days, but Baylor murdered MSU. Yeah. Um, very telling. You know, I I do think. There's there's a way for this team to really turn things around. But if they go and play Baylor in Little Caesars and it's like one of those games, they lose like by fifteen. I still think MSU could make the tournament, but it's gonna be a team that's like seven to eleven seed. And that just saying that out loud, that's a disappointment. Period. Um even if they make a run, that's a disappointment. Had a bad season.
0: Yeah, it'd be like Michigan when they made the Sweet 16 a couple years ago. It was like an 11 seed or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be the same thing.
1: Um, It would be a consolation, but it would be like, but do you remember what we thought was going to happen? So, yeah. um, The biggest game of the season to date. There's no question about it. Now, you could argue that those Big Ten games mean way more. And I would hear that argument, but for the like, the life of this team, a win against Baylor, would quite literally be one of those wins that turn a season around. They would. Um, the vibes would be together. You know the belief, the buy-in. Uh, right now, there's probably a lot of finger pointing. I I literally see AJ Hogard finger pointing out on the court. It's crazy. Um, year four, I don't know. That's just who he is, but, you know, I don't know what else to say. Like in on paper, if I was, you know, computer had no care about these teams, you know, no bias, I'd say probably eight times out of 10, Baylor would win this game. Um, and that's not a very good odd right there. Um, So I would say I don't feel good about this game at all. I think if and when MSU loses, we should be like, well, that wasn't a surprise. But it cannot be overstated how important a win would be to this season. Uh, Resume, the actual chance that they could compete, um, contend, I I think that's a... you're being optimistic right now if you think MSU could win the Big Ten. <laughs> um, it's not in the realm of possibility.
0: Even I'm, even I'm done with that.
1: But, no, I, I don't think any reasonable person should be thinking about that. Right now, Right now, you should be thinking, can this team figure something out to make the tournament? And not just make the tournament, but like have a chance to make a run. You're a seven seed and you make a run. It was against the odds. Like, help yourself out a little bit. Can this team go on a 10-game win streak? 100% they can do that. Have you looked at the schedule? If they beat Baylor, it stands to reason that they could win the next three. Indiana State's a really good team. They are good. And I'm terrified of their big. But we'll talk about that. It's at Breslin. It's a game they should win. Um, then you've got Penn State at home. Northwestern on the road... Northwestern just lost to Chicago State, by the way, who is horrible. Lately, Boo Booey has been terrorizing us, so maybe a little more up in the air. They have it as a win by one on Ken right now. And then you've got Illinois on the road. So that's one, two, three, four, five, six. You could... If they beat Baylor, you could reasonably hope that they could go on a six-game run. And then... If you were to find a way to win at Illinois, that ten games is is hundred percent real, and I know I'm I'm doing a lot of ifs and blah blah blah. But what I'm saying is, Baylor could could really jump this, jumpstart this thing, and you know they figure something out and never look back, because that's all it's going to take. Um, I keep thinking at every game. I know this is crazy, but. It just reminds me of so many other seasons. One guy goes down. Who knows who it is? And somebody who doesn't get to play yet has to step in. They have to. They have no choice. And it could just fit, and it could just be amazing. Um, because now all of a sudden they have to play a lot. Um, there's a, I'm, I'm really thinking of all freshmen, um, but you. you never know, right? So, I don't know. I've been rambling forever. What talk? Talk to me about Baylor. Are you going? I'm going to the game. Man. Okay. Talk. Talk to me about just what you feel, what you're thinking. How do you agree with me? I do. I for the most part. I mean,
0: I I just don't. I don't know. I th- feel like MSU can win. It's not uh, like I think there's gonna. I think it's gonna be a decent crowd there. Uh, it's it's basically a home game, obviously. Um, yeah, I mean, Tyson Walker's gonna have. I mean, the problem is these somebody will have a good game and then somebody plays like shit in the same game. Right? They need they need a game where everybody had, plays a good game. They haven't had that yet. So, I mean, if this is the perfect time for that to happen. They, they if they win this game, like I I feel pretty
1: good about their chances to make the tournament at that point. Um. Yeah, for sure. It, now we're, we you, we're talking about it. It's like they're not gonna win this game. <laughs> I don't know why we're. I'm getting my hopes up because there's nothing to suggest that they'll win. I don't think they're going to, but I think they
0: can. They, they... No,
1: I agree, but they're gonna be in a close game with a really good team. They've lost all of those, so I don't know. I I just don't think this is so obvious that they aren't going to win. I, We really could use one of those out-of-nowhere wins right now, huh? Um, ones that kind of save us. Yeah. We've been looking for something like that for a few years is what it feels like. That Marquette win was probably the closest thing that comes to it. All right. Um, you know, I don't want to really break down Baylor because... If we go through each guy... I mean, when you talked about Ray J. Dennis and... That's not them. Jalen Bridges, Jaden Nunn. MSU. Langston Love. All of them. Lights out. MSU wanted Jalen Bridges. Plenty transferred from West Virginia, too, by the way. It's like their whole starting lineup, except for like the big, they all can hit it. In MSU, you look at the other end, it's like none of them can, except for two of them. It's really... It's really hard to watch guys just knowingly have no chance of putting up a shot. And the other team, it's very predictable and easy. It, it's disgusting. Like, I want to have some excitement in terms of offense. Something where I'm like, whoa, I did not see that coming. You know what I mean? Right. And all of it is so predictable and terrible. Um, and then they just, like, run some screens for Tyson Walker, who's getting run into the ground. Dude, just standing around on the perimeter hoping somebody does something. Oh, my gosh. And why are you standing around on the perimeter? You can't shoot. <laughs> You're not allowed. Um, it's – none of this would make sense to me. You know, they're their center, 7-footer, like, they've just, like, got everything they need to beat MSU. Um, so, yeah, it would – in no world does MSU win this by you know, running away. This is just no, not a world. They can't do that. I, I am convinced, until, I'm, until I see otherwise, this team is not going to be beating any Big Ten team by 20. That's how I feel. Uh, maybe Minnesota, Minnesota at, home. at home. And that's the one like outlier team that I feel like that doesn't count because they're barely a Big Ten team this year. I'm just saying. Um. All right. you have anything else you want to add? Nope. That's pretty much everything. We have Oakland on Monday. It's a really quick turnaround. Yeah, there's no... Rocket not, Watts. We're not, we're not going to record before that game. We're not going to get to it. Um, it's because Baylor means everything. If they beat Baylor, they're beating Oakland. There you go. Yeah. And if they lose to Baylor, I mean, Oakland is going to be a sweat. man. I, I think they should win, but that's not going to be comfortable. If they lose to Baylor, um, who knows? Maybe I'll be wrong. But Rocket Watts, homecoming, yeah, second one. So I don't know. We'll see. Anyway, Ryan, we uh, by the way, we did do, we did have our picks last time. Yeah. Uh, Ryan started off rough for basketball, two and five. These were Big Ten only picks. I went four and three. Um, and we're not going to do picks because we want to do Big Ten only picks, so we'll be back at it after the new year, basically, for those. But, in the spirit of it, four-point game on Ken Palm, Baylor win, what do you think? Yeah, I think Baylor's unfortunately probably
0: going to cover that.
1: Yeah, yes, agree. Um... Probably easily. That honestly feels like such a good bet to put money on. Cause I don't think if Baylor wins, it's gonna be by less than four. I want to put. I'm gonna
0: put money on Baylor money line because if MSU covers and they lose, I'm gonna be. That's gonna make me even more
1: angry. So
0: yeah, it's
1: my strategy. It's not gonna be four in Vegas. So I bet. Probably not. Probably be like eight. We'll see. All right, Ryan. That's all you got. Yep. All right, go green. Go white up ahead, Winston.
0: No one near him. And he's going to come out with it. And Michigan State is headed to Minneapolis. Oh, my goodness. Oh, man. Fordfield is shaking. Whoa, he has trouble with the snap. And the ball is free.
1: He has reinstated the magic at Michigan State.